one. The button has been pressed, and holy hell, it's going to be a great episode. Charlie's bringing wings over mm-hmm. um, from... It's a chicken spot. We're getting chicken halfway through this episode. So, Amazing. yeah, we might... This might be the first draw call cut ever because I'm not sure if we're going to be able to really work with um, the the just festivities that are going to be coming through this house in about 25 minutes. Um, the audio of eating chicken wings? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to... I'm going to abstain. I the, the episode draw call comes first. Agreed. Above all. Agreed, agreed. Followed very closely by this sweet chili chicken wrap that I'm about to consume. Because we, we have a valued <laughs> guest, Mac. We do have an extremely valued guest. You want to throw that intro together? So no lollygagging. This is going to be our most professional episode. Folks, fellers, brothers and sisters, we have Logan Rob, a.k.a. Logan R., a.k.a. Sergeant Slaughter, on the podcast. And if you're not familiar, that is the community manager for Insurgency Sandstorm at New World Interactive. Logan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm doing very well today. How are you guys doing? I'm, dude, I'm stoked. I'm going to fangirl out real quick and tell you (laughs) that I've been playing Insurgency uh, for eight years. I started with the, yeah, Z does not not know this. Um, I've been playing Insurgency for eight years. I started with the... Uh, original, or original, quote unquote. I know there was a Half Life Two mod that came out before that, uh, but Sorry. since the uh, original standalone game came out in 2014, and then picked up the uh, the new one, Insurgency Sandstorm. I say new. I mean it's been out approaching four years. I want to say at this point. Yeah. But uh, a while now, yeah. Yeah, pick that up, and yeah, man, super. I would what you would classify as. Uh, maybe your least weird super fan is how I want to put it. You know, like, is that is that for you to decide? I guess not. I feel well. I you know what? That's true. Yeah, we'll check. We'll check in at the end of the podcast, I guess. Yeah, and see just how much I fan grow out throughout this throughout <laughs> yeah. this recording. Um, but yeah, uh, Logan, the first thing I want to ask you before we get into anything, because holy shit, yes. I have a lot of things to. I wrote. I have questions today, fellas. For <laughs> I'm very excited for this. For longtime listeners of the podcast, this is new for us. Questions for the guests that actually are written down and don't come right off the dome. What have you been playing recently, Logan? Are you an avid gamer? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm a very avid gamer. Uh, sad to say, though, since I've started this job, my uh, my backlog has bloated oh, uncontrollably. Yeah. I have probably 15 to 20 games currently on the go (laughs) that i jump between so mobile gaming it's crazy mobile gaming or do you (laughs) have not mobile oh so you have do you have like a switch or uh the new steam deck or something oh no no i don't do mobile gaming no it's all it's all i have ps5 and the series x ah Um, i see i see but my yeah my backlog is crazy at this point right now i'm playing uh horizon forbidden west Mm mm-hmm and I'm enjoying the crap out of that. I don't have I don't have the cojones for Elden Ring. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I, me I will. I will. <laughs> I will not be getting good, as they say. Um, yeah, that one. I always go back to. I'm quite a 
big fan of roguelites and I kind of always go back to uh, Binding of Isaac, Spelunky, Rogue Legacy, mm. uh, things like that. Those are sort of my, my I would call them my gap fillers mm. whenever I'm not like sitting down for lengthy play sessions of Horizon Forbidden West. Understood. Man, I kind of forgot about Rogue, Le- Rogue Legacy. That That game sucked up a lot of my time when that came out. That was a great, that is a great game. Yeah. yeah. I I picked up the second one and I haven't given it enough time to really form uh, a solid opinion on it, but I th- I think it's really good. Yeah. I think I, the art style change was kind of weird at first, but. Yeah. That kind of threw me for a loop. I think it is, man, it's been a while since I played the second one too, but uh, the nostalgia and just like the initial experience of playing the original is tough to crack it's it's tough to beat it because that that game changed the way i i kind of thought about games just like the loop right that was my first like rogue Mm -hmm. light like esque game ever uh pretty man just like i'm just having a lot of memories flood through my head right now so i'm not (laughs) i'm not really talking in coherent sentences but man i I should light or like uh both are correct but they both mean yeah. the same thing. They mean different things. Ooh. Okay. I think, yeah. So roguelike is truer to rogue, which is the original game mm-hmm. that they're referencing. And roguelite is, they're games where they allow you to to carry things over uh, through your runs. Because traditional rogue, that was it. You died that, you know. Oh, yeah. so. You, you carry uh, nothing. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. okay, wow. I've learned something really important from my understanding of game genres today. Um, thank you very much, Logan. I did not expect that. That's okay. I was actually just schooled on that last week, so. Oh, who schooled you? Yeah. Uh, I think it was, I think it was somebody from our QA department. Oh, excellent. Yeah, those yeah. QA folks yeah. are, they might be some know knowledgeable people in the studio. Oh, yeah. Honestly. yeah. They know their stuff, man. No, yeah. no, no fooling. Shouts out the QA department, folks. Um, well, right. it seems like uh, you know. Ooh, interesting. You might have just heard my roommate yell really loud at Fall Guys, like I did. I'm gonna <laughs> roll right on past that and ask you, how did you find a love for video games? It seems like you have been around uh, the games industry, maybe not directly, but as a consumer, as a lover of video games. Uh, how did you find that love? Uh, I think if I was to track it all the way back, it would be my maybe eighth birthday, getting an NES for my birthday and, uh, cracking into Mario brothers. And I think, I think I got legend of Zelda too at the same time. Mm. Um, but that, that sort of started it. And then when I was, when I was maybe 15, my dad ran an internet cafe in Saskatchewan and he he ended up getting a grant through the government for me to come work at this internet cafe and learn how to uh, write HTML. And my, my job was to go around to local businesses and try to sell them on the idea of the internet in general and to get them to uh, let me make a web page for them. And a lot of that involved just explaining what a web page was <laughs> to farmers and like people selling feed and things like this. Um, and so when I wasn't doing that at night, I would be in this internet cafe 
uh, frantically playing Duke 3D and uh, and Doom and Quake and all those games on LAN uh, with other other kids from the area. And that really solidified it for me. I worked all summer and saved up my own money to buy my first computer. And then and that, that was kind of it, man. Wow. Oh, so you've been around nerd culture for quite some time. Yeah. You. Oh, I'm old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Understood. Understood. Yeah. You, can you walk me through your typical pitch? Yeah, I was of, honestly, I was about to ask yeah, that. How would you sell a a farm? How would you sell a dairy farm on the glory of uh the internet um oh man that's that's a ways back now i mean my my hazy memory of it was trying to explain it to them like you know like it's sort of like the world's biggest library (laughs) you know it's a place imagine a place where you can go in and look up anything about anything that you're interested in and wouldn't you like to have something advertising your business in this place and uh i you know i don't think i got a single person (laughs) honestly i don't think a single person was into it i'm sorry very anti-internet where i mean yeah yeah it's a different it was a different world man matt yeah uh it's crazy to think yeah it's crazy to think the idea of having to explain to somebody what the internet is yeah especially like i mean i guess you could sort of kind of do it in like when the internet was in like its infancy and it literally was sort of like just an infinite library, but now it's so much. Yeah. It's so complicated. Yeah. It's so like if you couldn't, Oh yeah. You couldn't explain like, imagine trying to explain like Twitch TV or like, I don't know, like anything like that. TikTok or TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Or Instagram or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like, it's a place for people to do dances uh, until it's not yeah sometimes. and then it's also this whole other thing <laughs> yeah and also the, the videos can only be like 12 seconds long for some reason like the concept of short form video probably hadn't even been invented back in like i don't know no. like the 60s or whatever right and imagine having to like there's so many concepts that have built on top of each other um interesting quite interesting uh, i feel like if i go further with this i'll probably just end up explaining how like how progress works because yeah that is how progress works is things building on top of one another Um, perfect and while while there may be a few people out there that need to hear that talk maybe they need it defined oh oh we can probably move on to yeah we dude what if that was our offshoot is like draw call self self betterment yeah self betterment (laughs) this is what progress is like one foot behind the other or one foot in front of the other rather if only we had an html web page we could send people to true to get some self-help if yeah. only we had a drawcall.com slash self totally. help i'll show you how to embed a sweet like rotating skull <laughs> oh i remember that that was all of the, and the auto auto playing uh midi file wait music. you okay so you made a, an auto rotating was it like a gif or something yeah yeah oh, that rocks that rocks yeah. man okay pretty cool um so did you did you go to college for well anything and if so like what what did you study uh well this will be a short answer no Uh, no i didn't heard it i studied i studied being in the workforce the school of hard knocks yeah that's that's right (laughs) hard knock look at these scars that's right 
Um, okay. So where, what was your first, uh, job? Like how, give me like a, a TLDR on like how you got to being in the games industry, man. Cause it sounds like you have a hell of a story to tell. I did look at your LinkedIn oh, man. briefly and I know it, <laughs> My... it was a wild road. <clears throat> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's sort of crazy that I'm here right now, honestly, in, in the industry. Um, I had done other things that relate to it, uh, but not in a direct way. I mean, like I ended up in community management and I had done a job working in the, uh, the mental health field, sort of working with, uh, like low income folks and, you know, people who are addicted to drugs. And, um, so in that sense, there was stuff dealing with community for sure. Mm. Uh, not, not in a video game sense, but community and a lot of, a lot of dealing with like deescalating, uh, hairy or intense situations. Um, and I also worked as a door guy at a, at a pub here in Calgary. And, uh, as, as unrelated as that sounds, there's actually quite a lot of overlap, um, in that we essentially had to function as ambassadors to the community at the pub it's been there for 25 years and so there's a lot of really long time regulars uh and so there's a lot of situations where you know someone would get out of hand and you had to diffuse the situation but do it in a way that that person would come back the next day and continue to hang out there Mm. um so yeah i mean no direct experience in video games i just was in the right place at the right time Uh, The recruiter at New World was out and we just, by happenstance, uh, ended up starting a conversation about games and we ended up talking for, I think, half an hour, 45 minutes just on the subject of of games and our mutual love of games. And he just said, hey, look, you know, I'm I'm the recruiter at New World. Uh, We're hiring for this community position. I think you've obviously got, you know, uh, a deep, deep seated love for games and a long history of games and you're easy to talk to, you know, I'd never spoken to him before. And we just had a really long conversation. He said, look, here's the, uh, here's the link to the, the job. I think you should submit your resume. Wow. And I did. And then it was, you know, it was like a two week long, I think it was two weeks, one or two week long interview process. Uh, a few a few interviews three or four and yeah and and here i am i i still honestly i'm i'm kind of flabbergasted i still can't really believe it like the 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 gaming fan in me is still over the moon so you're telling me that you got picked you got like scouted at a bar (laughs) essentially yeah that's and that's probably the best story i've heard ever (laughs) of someone getting into the games industry it sounds like something that would happen in like for a casting for like a movie or something. I was just about you know to, that I mean? feels like a very like fifties Hollywood actress, like spotted yeah. at like an ice cream bar, you know? Now I just, now I just have to stick the landing or the second and third acts in the movie are going to suck. <laughs> right? I gotta, now I, <laughs> I gotta like make good on the promise of the opening act. 100%. And I mean, you've been, how long have you been in New world? Uh, eight months going on nine months now. Oh yeah. dude. I feel like, that first nine months period, you're like getting to the end of that of that first act, right? Totally, for sure. Yeah, I feel like if you 
like you can only sort of coast at a job and I'm not speaking from experience whatsoever. You can only sort of coast at a job maybe four to five months before they realize that you're not the person that walked in for the interview. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Like what's the totally what's the going sort of like you can't last like years being like, oh yeah, like I'm a bit of a shithead. I mean I, I think it does depend on like <laughs> the position. That is true. But I, I do agree like four to five months feels like a good like like people who are supposed to be watching the work you do if they're if they're doing their job yeah like if these checks and balances are in place yeah you will be weeded out for sure yeah so you've passed you've passed the great filter congratulations you're in the second you're well into the second act (laughs) excellent yeah very happy to be here i'm i'm so i feel so weird speaking prescriptively to the community manager of a franchise i love so dear (laughs) being like yeah dude congrats you're not gonna get fired (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, no no i'll take it i mean that was like yeah i mean let me be real right that uh first starting that imposter syndrome was real man like walking in and going like okay so obviously these people that interviewed me talked to me like they they see something in me they think that i can do this Mm -hmm. and you know i had to sort of just put put my trust in them yeah man. because i was i was like to be totally honest i was freaked out at first just wondering you know like am i am i actually going to be able to do this like i know i've i've stuck the landing on the interviews they all think i can do it but now i have to deliver you know Mm -hmm. and uh Oh yeah, man. But I think, and I don't know that that ever goes away. Like, I don't know that, you know, questioning, questioning that stuff will ever fully go away, but yeah, I feel pretty comfortable at this point. I definitely think it's a personality trait that some people have and some people just don't, right? It's like that air of, um, I don't even think it's like confidence. Cause like you can be confident while still having like a shitload of imposter syndrome. Right. Um, but there mm. are some people that just don't have that sort of like am i truly good enough what would you call that is that just like humility in your position i think if it's you like have confidence right i guess or if you have it or you don't have it if you have it or if you don't have it like imposter syndrome like mm-hmm. what would you attach that sort of trait to is that like a humility thing to have a healthy dose of imposter syndrome yeah right i would say humility yeah. it's yeah. definitely a part of it i uh I also definitely think there's reflection too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. Like I, I definitely think there is also a, a huge difference between having imposter syndrome and actually being unqualified. Um, and I, sure. again, I think that passing that sort of great filter, I'm just going to start calling it from now on. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, congrats. Yeah. You, you, you have it, you know, I, I felt the yeah, same thanks, way. Man. I felt the same way going into um, shell games because Shell Games is also my first games industry position. I'm not like a direct game developer, I suppose. Like I'm a I'm the web operations manager. Um, right. And but even still, like we have so many super talented people at the studio and super smart and also just super like kind and personable. And I'm like, how the hell did I get here? I'm a guy that got picked up at a like a freaking bare bones like startup where the culture was like totally different the vibe was totally different people i worked with were different and it's like i just don't 
like it's the same question that you ask yourself at NWI. It's like, am I, am I good enough for this? Am I going to be here in six months, a year? Or are they going to figure yeah. out that I'm, I'm not that guy? Cause you know, I think also totally. interviewing is another super great skill, but there are some people that can take that a step further and be like, I'm going to, I'm a different person during this interview, you know? Um, yeah, it's like that. Totally. It's a really weird, near acceptable form of just being a sociopath in interviews. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, two years at shell games and, uh, they don't think I'm a sociopath yet. So, um, Perfect. we'll see. Perfect. We'll bask in this, uh, imposter syndrome together. Um, actually, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have imposter syndrome anymore. I think after two years, I think it might be finally going away. Um, I think it also depends on the the amount of impact that you feel like you're having at one point in time. Because as you're ramping up and you're not like really contributing that much, if you're new, it's really mm-hmm. easy to have that sort of imposter like, oh, my contributions are effectively very little. Like, uh-oh, yeah. the rug is about to be pulled from yeah. under me, you know? Am I doing enough? And and too, like, I, my thing with um, like starting in the industry was like a lack of context right a lot mm. of that comes from i don't have anything to compare it to i don't know you yeah. know when i first started out it's like yeah is, is this enough is this too much am i you know am i doing the thing or not and um but i think yeah i, I think that that imposter syndrome for me anyways has been net positive for sure because it forces me to to assess all the time you know self and, and ask yeah. those questions and yeah yeah, do you totally. do you ever like communicate with other community managers? Do you like kind of swap notes and and learn from others or are you sort of just learning from within NWI? I have started to do that a bit more. Like I think at first it was just finding my feet. Like at first I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I had enough to bring to that conversation even mm. even to be on the questioning side of that, you know. I right. didn't even know the questions to be asking somebody else that was in community management. And I didn't want to catch myself out as not knowing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've started to reach out more lately. And honestly, um, they hired uh, they hired a new communications director, uh, Astrid Rosemarin, and she has been amazing. She has a ton of experience in, uh, in communications and I've leaned so hard on her. Uh, yeah, so so much. She's just like a font of knowledge, of industry knowledge and um, community and communications knowledge. So that's helped me immensely. Mm. She's been a huge boon. Is she also doing um, community management work for Insurgency? Uh, well, she's a communications director for oh. New World Interactive. So she's like the head of the communications department. Gotcha. Okay, sorry. I totally blanked staring at my outline being like, where am I going to take this conversation next? This is we're draw call is a very, um, draw call itself has imposter syndrome. Ooh, very true. <laughs> very true. Well, so we are we've already established it as a positive, positive thing. Yeah. So. Driving yeah. force. Yeah. So we're always, yeah. we're always reflecting maybe a little too hard on how much we're doing. <laughs> Just like I, I did right there, staring at my outline and blanking the fuck out. Um, Uh-oh. my apologies to Astrid, the community director or the communication. I did it again and I'm not even drunk. 
Not, <laughs> holy shit, this rocks. Uh, maybe I am like a weird fangirl because like I'm like tripping over myself and shit. Maybe that's something. I yeah, yeah, do. yeah. I'll do some reflecting on that. Um, Perfect. So uh, as part of our outline, we usually do a real talk and then a shooting the shit and then a real talk and then a yep. shooting the shit. Um, unfortunately, Logan, I've front loaded so many real talks one after the other because I just have so much to ask you. So yeah. we're, I'm going to jump yeah, right into the next one about NWI and the culture there. Um, during our pre-show, you said a little bit about how you actually haven't stepped into the office. So this might be a little difficult. But it's yeah. also interesting to understand the nature of what culture, what that word means in uh, this sort of remote work, um, very like forward environment. So what's the culture right. like at NWI right now? Uh, the culture is great. I mean, it's, it's really collaborative. Um, and I think like working remote, it almost has to lean more on that. Like, because, you know, in, in an office environment, if you're physically there, you know, you can, you can walk by somebody's desk and on your way, way by go, Oh, Hey, right. I wanted to talk to you about this thing. Yeah. Let's man. schedule in a meeting for when, you know, um, you're in a physical space. You can look over, you can talk to somebody when everything is uh, virtual, you have to make that effort. Right. And everybody has to make that effort to stay connected and reach out to each other um and at new world they're doing a lot of sort of like concerted uh things to try to foster that that sense of collaboration and so we're doing uh this thing called mr rogers uh which is just like whoever wants to sign signs up and then it randomly um pairs people off and then you you set a meeting and just do like a you know half an hour to an hour sort of meet and greet uh, with somebody internally that maybe you wouldn't get to talk to in the regular course of your day. Cause they're in a completely different department that doesn't have any overlap with yours or maybe they're new or maybe you're new. Uh, it's like a phone tag so sort been, of thing. Yeah, totally. And it's been really awesome. It's been really great, you know, getting to know people that I work with on sort of a deeper, a deeper level, you know, outside of work stuff, talking about, stuff that gets us fired up in our time off mm. things that we're into or you know whether that's like movies that you're super into or what games you're playing right now or or stuff like that and that's been something that's been really beneficial to me um yeah because i started i started during covid so yeah man remote work in the covid age um it's so uh, honestly kind of like stressful watching like how fast this sort of paradigm towards remote work is shifting. I have no idea yeah. how it's going to affect. Well, I mean, it's already affecting people, right? Cause there's this whole great resignation slash great migration thing happening mm -hmm. where people are like, Oh shit, I don't have to be in this office job anymore. Mm -hmm. There is probably a company yeah. that I can go to that is doing similar things that I can contribute to from the comfort yeah. of my desk at home slash bed slash whatever. Right. Um, has, has that like hit you at all? I know like a lot of company or basically almost every industry. Right. But especially game mm -hmm. studios are experiencing a ton of that. Um, 
like the great shuffle, great resignation, whatever you want to call it. Right. Is that uh is that unfortunately hit NWI? Uh I mean it's hard it's hard to say. Like there's been definitely people that have left since I started working, but we've actually expanded more. So even though there's been, you know, some people that have left, we've actually increased the number of people working at, at New World um, mm. by quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, it's hard to say really, we also work completely remote and all of our job postings, it's all for remote work. So that, that aspect of it doesn't play into it as much. Um, well, you went completely remote. So there's like no one at the office. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are you guys planning on, I sound like a realtor or something. Are you guys planning on keeping the <laughs> office or, or like, is there a plan? Uh, that is a great question. I'm not actually privy to to any of those conversations. I think at this point it would have to be in a new space because we um, we've just expanded too much. Like we're at the point now where we couldn't physically fit all of the people in that office space if we were to go back there now. Right. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. But I mean, th- thing things have been so back and forth with COVID, like. Uh, I think we were pretty committed to not forcing that, not forcing, you know, a a return to office uh, too soon. And so they just sort of held off. And I think it was the right decision. Oh yeah, man. Um, I definitely think, yeah, the, the, the window is definitely shifting towards remote work. I think that companies that are embracing the change are definitely moving in the right direction. Um, Yeah. We, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely of two minds, right? Because like, as a community manager and, and working in the communications department, like I, I like people, I like being around people. I like talking to people. I like, you know, I get energy from mm-hmm. those social interactions. And so part of me really, really wants to go back to the office mm. um, just to be around people and, and like foster those relationships, but also working from home. Isn't that bad. <laughs> it's pretty sweet mm-hmm. to be honest. I think I'm, Depending on the work that I'm doing for the day, I can definitely be more productive at home in my own sort of comfortable yeah. environment. Yeah. Um, I'm curious though, like not to turn the tables too much, but how do you guys feel about like work from home versus return to to office? I mean, I think initially for me, I was very pro wanting to work in the studio just because I've like yourself generate a lot of energy and a lot of creative energy specifically from talking to other people, seeing other people, um, having like one-off conversations about like, Hey, how do you think that meeting went? Like just having sidebars, I think really generate a lot of, um, energy for lack of a better term, uh, in my, in my work. And so I've always enjoyed and would prefer going into the office though. That being said, there have been days where I've been like, you know, the work I'm doing today, it's kind of isolating. I don't really need to like be creative today. I can just, it's a lot of like heads down rote work. It would be nice if I were at home uh, and I could just like work for 20 minutes, <laughs> get up, watch TV for like 10 minutes, just, you know, right. do the work from <laughs> right. home life a little bit uh, and not sort of be on call constantly. Um so my, my mindset has definitely shifted. Uh, I, I would definitely prefer a more hybrid work approach. 
Um, and our totally. studio does support that. So I, I'm definitely looking to like transition my life in that direction a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think in general, right? Like I, I agree with you 100%, Logan, like having people around you who all work, you know, together towards building this product, building like a cohesive front for a community. It's kind of fun. It's like really invigorating and it is kind of a dream job in a lot of ways. And so being able to be in, in office with that kind of energy and those kind of people is, I don't know, it's intoxicating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that like, as somebody new to the industry, I, I've never worked in a video game studio, mm. right? I've never physically worked in a video game studio. So that's something that I very much would like to do. Totally. Um, and as well as like going to conferences and stuff, you know, that's all been shut down, but like getting to go to GDC or, or E3 or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for that. Oh, dude, yeah. That's I, on my bucket list too. Yeah. I have not. You've never gone to GDC? I have, but not with like a company, like ah, a studio. Okay. I yeah, went yeah. as like a, right. a lowly, you know, student of the craft trying right. trying to get that job. <laughs> right, 100%. Yeah, it's yeah. a different vibe for It's sure. totally different, yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've never been to GDC, but I did go to one PAX. I did community work, um, working the booth and yeah, man, even with the, the, cause this was in the COVID era too. This was like last year. Um, yeah. so, but even with like the reduced amount of people and like, um, sort of just coverage everywhere in terms of the companies that are there, it's like, yeah, it's a super like un, unreplicable that's not a word. Is that a word? Sure. You made it a word. It's a Go word now. It. This yeah. is a draw call. It's, my, it's our common, show. Common God, usage, it. man. Yeah, dude. Common usage. Um, yeah, it's like experience that cannot be replicated is like just being able to work the booth at one of these conventions and see the amount of people that are excited for your game. I can imagine like uh, an NWI booth uh, would just – yeah, you will really see some super fans come out. I was super like excited and stoked to see the super fans that came out for our games that we were previewing. Because um, I honestly, um, not to say I wasn't expecting it, I guess I just didn't really think about it at all. Just like how excited some people get right. to like be able to talk to the people who made um, a thing. Um, so yeah, it was it was great. Yeah. Man. Um, so, I mean, I can only imagine that thinking, yeah, thinking, imagining myself, like how, how would I be if I met some of my video game heroes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I can't. And so to be on the other side of that, yeah, I, I can only imagine how amazing that must feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's a trip for sure. Um, but I, I do wonder, like as a community manager, right? So you're, you're kind of the, in a way, you're the middleman, but between that interaction right like you have a community who loves a game they they're Mm -hmm. talking to the developers but they're they're doing it in a way through you so like have you right have you had any encounters with like any super fans like online and and like you know how has that interaction gone or like what does that look like uh i think yeah it's sort of a tricky thing because like insurgency our fans are very passionate and I don't mean to like use that in a disparaging way. Cause sometimes I think that that is to say, yeah. like, sure. you know, that's almost like an offhand, like, Oh, you know, appreciate your passion. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but it's totally true. And I think 
it really comes through. And so a lot of our super fans, they really care. They really care about the state of insurgency, you know, the history, where it's going. And I think a lot of times that can come off as anger. Um, Yeah. But, you know, but it's not, it's, it, it really is passion. Like nobody, nobody that didn't actually care for the game would get that involved in it and care that much. And, um, yeah. so, I mean, part of, part of my job is sort of, I think to extend that olive branch in a way and just say like, you know, unload it on me, like everything, everything that you want to say, like, just give it to me. Like, I'm not going to be offended by anything you have to say. Um, because a lot of those people that have been playing for, you know, it's like, if you have, if you have over 2000 hours in insurgency in sandstorm, like I, I want to know what you have to say. And I don't just want to hear the good stuff. Cause that's not, you know, mm-hmm. no, not a lot of growth comes out of good. Give me all that bad stuff. Cause that's where we're going to, you know, hopefully improve and, uh, get better. Damn. So uh-huh. do you take that information and like, how do you take feedback, criticism, comments, you know, how, how do you take all that data and give it to, I assume like the developers or like the, the people making like the mm-hmm. stakeholders, like what is your, do you process that data? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it depends, right? Like if it's, if it's smaller sort of bite-sized chunks, then that usually just ends up in a sentiment report. Mm. Um, Got it. Like I'll do, you know, I'll do sentiment reports that just sort of gather um, all of it, all the good, the bad, um, you know, bugs, suggestions, all of that stuff. And then that, that sort of gets distributed uh, to everyone. And then for the people that have sort of more, more detailed feedback or, uh, you know, if it's like a, a large a large amount of stuff or a complicated topic that they want to get into, um, then I'll, I'll invite them to either just unload it on me or if they want, like put it, put it, write it all out in a document. Um, and then I'll, I'll pass that along to the developers. And some of that, I mean, I have to like, I can't be passing literally everything up to the developers. I have to sort of, you know, figure out what is, what is relevant. Um, everyone has their own like pet, pet peeves too, right. Or, or like issues with the game or suggestions that, that they feel are the number one, most important thing. Um, but they can't all be the most important thing. So you have to sort of try to parse, parse what is actionable stuff that we can actually do something with. Um, and some of it too, I mean, some of it is just, even if it's not things that we can, um, maybe, turn around and implement with sandstorm there are things that we can learn from and take take forward you know totally as as we look at developing other games there's always lessons absolutely yeah i feel like um that really there was a really important thing you said there about parsing data right parsing the things that Mm -hmm. people will give to you and um either translating them or sometimes filtering them out for like the development team I think that is definitely a super uh, underappreciated part of community management because you get so much yeah. data, so many sort of things being like slung at you by people who are, you know, passionate um, and 
sometimes uh, maybe they don't, I mean, it's not their job to know the best way, right? But sometimes they don't know the best way of like delivering that. I mean, of course, uh, a, a player of a video game is not going to know the best way of delivering like, you know, actionable information. Um, and sometimes it goes further than that. Like, you know, sometimes people will uh, talk about one issue or say that they are having problems with X, Y, and Z. Uh, mm-hmm. when in reality their pain points lie in something that might be totally different and they've just like, you know, oh, yeah. missed it or for sure. they don't know, they don't know how to describe the problem that they're having or they don't know how to say, they don't know how to describe why they like the things that they like. You know what I mean? It's totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think honestly, like going back all the way back to shouting out QA, like I think there's tons of lessons mm-hmm. from, from QA as far as like, you getting like getting a certain level of specificity about about issues Mm. or you know because that'll happen a lot like sometimes you know somebody will say i have an issue with this and like you said the thing that they're actually talking about is something else it's just like they've used the wrong term to refer to it Mm -hmm. or you know and so sometimes you have to go in and dig in and and also too that can snowball sometimes one person says like oh well this is this is broken. And then somebody else sees them, sees their comment and says, Oh yeah, I have that issue too. And then they'll sort of say that same thing, but they'll take the wording from what the first person had said and it'll take on a life of its own. And then everyone's talking about this issue, but it's not actually the thing that they're mad about. It's just slightly, slightly off. And then, so, yeah. So again, it's back to parsing the information and figuring out what they're actually, uh, concerned with yeah that just sounds so tricky like and a part of that right is is you having to know the product like you have to know the game and you know understand the terminology and like the very specifics that i'm sure some of these these players get into you have to be like oh yeah Yeah. i i know about that rock in that one level like i yeah that's that it's it's on our radar it's flagged like i I know exactly what you're talking about. Like that is like yeah. a level of fidelity that I don't even think I have. And I'm like developing these games. <laughs> like I know very specific right. information about very specific parts of the experience. Like I, I, think, I don't know the whole thing. Yeah, it's a hard thing. And I don't think that I can really say that I'm at that level. I just have to, I have to, um, you know, lean on on people in the company that know more than me. <laughs> sometimes you know yeah yeah sure. i because insurgency is a deep game man like sandstorm oh, yeah. there's a lot to dig into yeah. there there's a lot of like there's a lot of guns there's a lot of attachments like those the levels aren't like battlefield big but they're not tiny either you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of nooks and crannies and uh and i i feel like there's a fairly high level of like object detail and stuff <sighs> yeah. in, the, in the levels um Hell yeah, man. So yeah, I mean, even even eight months in, like I I had played Sandstorm before starting this job, but um, yeah, I would never I would never claim to know more than a lot of the the players themselves. Right, one hundred percent. You know, and and I'll even lean on them. I'll I'll ask people in the Discord and stuff. Um, Interesting. About a little topics. crowdsourcing. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Um, sorry, we had we had the chicken deliveries here. It's here. The chicken deliveries here. <laughs> chicken interlude. <laughs> oh, Charlie, 
Uh, we have Charlie Amos as a cameo guest on the show. And uh, this isn't in the outline. And in true drop-off fashion, I'm going to try something and hope to God it works. Charlie, why don't you go ahead and put on these headphones and ask our guest a question. Do you know who our guest is? I don't, but I'm Charlie, and I'm uh, happy to meet you. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Yeah, it's a it's a good day having a fun time on this podcast. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I work with Mac and Z at Shell Games. I'm the studio director of product there. Oh, cool. I'm uh, I'm Logan. I'm the community manager over at New World Interactive. Amazing, amazing. Still making it happen, selling games. I can't hear anything they're saying, by the way. You don't need to hear it, Logan. Yeah, you don't need to hear it. Yeah, you're you're missing all this magic, thing. man. <laughs> Man, what's the best question they've asked you so far? Uh, what was the best question? Um, you can say none. I mean, I think that yeah, you can say none of them. <laughs> they haven't found it yet. Well, now <laughs> there's still time. Now you just caught me out on on how short the amount of time that my brain holds on to information is. <laughs> yeah, all that um, matters is the moment. <laughs> yeah, live in the now. Yeah. If there's one thing I've I've learned, it's just be here now mm -hmm. i think uh i was i found the the questions about you know covid and great resignation stuff is pretty pretty interesting i think talking about covid man all right yeah i know it's serious up in here i guess you can't kind of can't not <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is happening yeah it's true <laughs> mac has now realized he's lost control of this uh this train yeah, with um, yeah. one of my most excited, I'm like, super excited to have this guy on because he's the community manager. No, you can keep the headphones on because this is really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit, this is cool. That outline right there. All right. RT3, ask a question. Quick, quick, quick. Am I, I'm reading right off. Yeah, Rebirth of Tactical Shooters. Ooh, yes, the Rebirth of Tactical Shooters over the past few years, squad. Ready or not. Ready or not. Zero hour, hell let loose, due process. Um, how does this affect the way you do community management? And how does this affect the way the studio views Insurgency Sandstorm as like a living product um, with all of these uh, new tactical shooters that have come out over the past few years? And I'll take it a step further. Yeah. Do you see Insurgency as pioneering a return to the genre? Because Insurgency is definitely one of those tactical shooter genres that has been around for a while you know do you take credit for that uh and i won't be able to respond in time as me i i personally can't take credit for that i mean as we've mentioned i've, I've only been with the company for eight months but mm, uh, that's enough time i right? do yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get you a chance yeah, I think I feel I feel comfortable in speaking for the entire company right now. That's the when spirit. I say no, 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 no. Uh, I personally, I think that yeah, I think insurgency. I don't know if it's a return to the genre because I don't know if it ever really went anywhere. Mm. I mean, I, I remember playing back in the day, uh, you know, Red Orchestra, that Unreal Unreal tournament, I think, or it was an Unreal mod, anyways, and that that was. That was one that uh, the previous CEO of NWI, Jeremy Blum, had worked on. And I think that, you know, this idea of, of tactical shooters is super ingrained in New World as a company. And I think that that's sort of the, the ideals that they've been championing the whole time. Um, you know, things like, I think Red Orchestra was the first 
first game that I know of for sure that it had sort of like unlocked the uh, the aim, right? It's free aim. Your your crosshair isn't locked to the center of your screen. There's sway yeah. built in. Um, and so, yeah, I don't necessarily think it's a return to the genre. I do think that that NWI, or at least the DNA in NWI, was integral in, in, in championing that. And I think that, yeah, there's there's a lot of really great tactical shooters out right now. And I think that, I think it's great. It's great for everyone. That's, a, that's just a huge win for gamers. But I think that there are a lot of lessons to be learned um, from a lot of those other tactical shooters. I think, you know, whenever, whenever, whenever there's an innovator and then, and then people put out more, more games in that sort of arena, I think that there's an opportunity for whatever came first Mm. in those new competitors, right? Because they're always going to iterate on what came before. Right. And, um, and I think that's a really important thing, right. Is to not get in that headspace of like, Oh, well we did, we did it first. Like, well, so what? I was like, these other people are going to come along. They're going to, they're going to iterate on that and, and do things in ways that we probably never considered. And I think we need to pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, Speaking of communities, my assumption is for each of these games, like even though they're all in a similar space, they have different kinds of communities who engage differently or spend different amounts of time playing together, play in groups, play with strangers. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there a way in which you feel like the community of insurgency is unique or separates you from those other kinds of communities? And, and what do you see as patterns of like player behavior that sets the, the product apart? Mm. That's a really interesting question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how well I can answer that, to be honest. I think, I don't know, like, because I'm not privy to any of the sort of, like, deeper numbers, you know, like when it comes to, like, Hell Let Loose or something, what what that looks like as far as, um, like, how long players, like, the average playtime is or how long a player plays for. Um, right, those, like, analytics, that, like, hard data. What's your sense of the, like, the yeah. soft data, just, like, what you hear and sense from from the communities? Uh, as far as a, just a difference in the communities? Yeah, yeah, the way they behave, how they like to play, and just um, do you think community members could easily transfer from one to the other community or do they have kind of like statehoods? Yeah. I mean, like my, my sort of knee jerk impression is that, you know, like they're, they maybe are competitors, but I don't, I don't see them that way necessarily. Like I don't, to me, it's not an either or, right. I mean, I enjoy games in this, um, in this arena and I enjoy all of them. Like I'm not going to, right. I, personally as a gamer i would never say like i i'm only gonna play insurgency or i'm i'm only gonna play hell at loose right to me um they all kind of do they do it different enough right like they're all sort of like hitting different different points for me like hell at loose is you know there's similarities in the kind of arcade realism but i think that they do a lot of things differently like the scale is different um Ready or not is completely different. Like ready or not is straight SWAT four vibes to me, um, and so there's definite crossover in that. But 
Yeah, and those, those like, differences I, I, don't turn into like factionalism of like my game's cooler than yours or like I hate that feature from yours. I I played it and it stinks. I'm going back to that other community. I feel like I, I see and hear that, that in other places, but not not in this space. Not that I've seen really, and maybe it's maybe I'm just not looking in the right places. Um I think if anything, it's more of a tactical shooters as a whole versus arcade shooters mm, more right. than anything. Mm, right. Like I, I, I see a lot more people, you know, talking smack about Call of Duty and Battlefield mm-hmm. than I do about any of our direct competitors. And I think that, um, yeah, I and I do think like there, there's definitely like I won't deny that <laughs> within insurgency, the insurgency community for sure. There's like it's maybe saltier than most. Okay. <laughs> uh, like I've heard compare, I've heard comparisons of some insurgency games to like early call of duty lobbies <laughs> at times. Keep uh, it spicy. Salt's a spice. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I'm, which I'm all for. I'm all about like, if people want to get spicy, that's, that's good. There are hard lines, obviously. Like we don't condone uh, anything that verges into like uh, defamatory or like any sort of hateful. Yeah speech and we're very serious about cracking down on that immediately wherever we see it um but as far as like you know good natured smack talking you gotta have, i mean 100 yeah i yeah. feel like that's part of what brings the community together yeah totally 100 percent. it's been a pleasure talking to you i'm gonna hand you back off to mac i see he's just he's he's anxious to get back in <laughs> I'm, no i'm not even dude i'm not even anxious to get back in i'm kind of just super fucking impressed that my boy walked right in and did better hosting yeah. than I did. Is that shit crazy or what? <laughs> he did a good job. Yeah. Shouts oh, out yeah. to Charlie. Up, this, man. Shouts out to Charlie. Charlie's here. Good job, Charlie. We're going to go see the Midnight. The Midnight. The Midnight. We're going to go see the Midnight. It's a uh, it's a synth rock <laughs> pop band uh, who I was just introduced to last week by Charlie, and uh, right after oh, cool. we finish recording this, it's over there. It's a great day today, is what I'm saying. Holy shit! Big day. Where did we leave off at? I yeah, knew... you you weren't you didn't have headphones. You had no idea what we were no, really talking about. No clue. I mean, I had a little bit of a clue. I went off Can... script a little bit. Yeah, I saw it, but no, those questions were great. Well, I mean... I'll, I'll sort of reignite with just a, a follow up question. In that, uh, Logan, you you said that something you said kind of struck me in that it felt it feels like the communities are kind of like tactical shooters versus others, versus arcade shooters, right? And it's interesting mm-hmm. because I feel like within the arcade shooter genre, there's definitely factionalism. Like each arcade shooter right. is very, they have a hardcore community attached. Like that is, there's no, de- there's no, no blurred lines there. And so I wonder why that For doesn't sure. exist within the tactical shooter genre. Do you have any, any insight into that? Uh, I mean, it, yeah, like it, it may just be a scale thing, right? Mm. Those arcade shooters have been, they've been the thing for quite a while. Right. Um, and I think, I think the mass appeal, like the fact that they have, you know, like marketing budgets, just astronomical amounts of money being spent on commercials right. and, and, and things like that, that I think it's sort of, at the point that something becomes like a brand to that scale, people are sort of hardwired for that, um, that, that brand thing, right. Where it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's Nike versus Adidas. It's, mm-hmm. you know, people, 
people like to to have a thing and and pick a side i guess but i think that tactical shooters as a whole are still comparatively we're the underdog right and so for sure people like an underdog so i think in that situation yeah it makes sense that everyone would sort of band together as as brothers in arms if you will um (laughs) nice (laughs) not a tactical shooter necessarily but um that's a great point yeah uh i yeah i would be remiss if i didn't ask this as a long time insurgency fan the campaign Mm -hmm. do you have any single player (laughs) first of all what do you feel how do you feel about uh single player campaign uh style tactical shooters like tactical shooters that have that put the single player experience first is that something you have uh any strong opinions on uh yeah i I don't know that i have any strong opinions about it i think like i think specifically in our case i understand why there would be a segment of um the community that were choked that that didn't make it in there um but and again, this is me speaking on stuff that I, I wasn't around for, but I think, you know, I think the decision was just made. Like, I think that it was just a quality thing, right? Yeah. Like they could, could have, could have pushed, could have pushed for it, but I don't think that it would have been to the quality that they wanted internally and, or maybe would have affected the quality of the multiplayer portion. And honestly, I think the co-op does a lot to sort of fill that, that void. I know it's not the same thing. Um, but I don't, I don't really know. Like I can't actually think of a tactical shooter with a single player campaign, honestly. Yeah. Do they, uh, like I'm thinking, I'm hearkening back to like the olden days of like the rainbow six games and the ghost recon games, like of like the early and mid two thousands. Um, and even maybe so far as like the old SWAT games, um, I know yeah. like ready or not, for example, is, um, a recent tactical shooter that came out that definitely has, um, a mm-hmm. focus on sort of a uh, single player and even sort of, um, like short or not short, like small squad, um, like campaign style, uh, tactics going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, other than ready or not, I mean, it, you are right like the single player tactical shooter is nearly dead. Um, unfortunately. And and, I mean, I guess it does make sense because single player campaigns are like just super duper costly to create. Mm -hmm. Um, and their staying power is limited. Right. Um, unfortunately, but yeah, this is purely me asking selfishly because I am a fan of, single player first person tax shooters um for sure yeah i i think like in general um i love single player games mm-hmm. like i think that even as somebody that play, like i've played a ton i've probably put more hours into multiplayer games than single player games but i wish there was more single player games i wish there was more single player games i wish there was more man couch co-op Yes. Yeah. Can we can we not can we not just bring that back, please? <laughs> I it it hurts my heart that couch co op has been completely pushed to the side in favor of online co op. The the funniest part to me of that statement right there is that couch co op is like infinitely easier to develop for and way cheaper to develop for 
than networked yeah. online multiplayer. And yet, I mean, I get the appeal of networked online multiplayer, right? Because I, I can play with you. You're in Canada. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like that. It, I get it. I get, I get the appeal. But couch co-op has a certain magic to it. Being able to like physically impede your friend while they're trying to beat you like that oh, oh stop oh, screen looking oh, stop screen looking i'm that guy you just outed yourself <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i i i agree and i think especially now like it feels like there's kind of a bit of a vacuum you know like i can't think like it takes two kind of yeah you know swooped in and just kind of took it all because it's like there's no I mean not to say that it's only because there's no competition because that was an amazing game mm-hmm. that was a great game and i i sat with my wife and we played through that in like two sittings mm-hmm. i think um but yeah i just i don't know and maybe it's it's might be partially nostalgia old man yelling his curtains <laughs> type thing of you know the glory days and and all of that but yeah uh, no there's, yeah, there's I, a magic to i it. hope yeah for sure for sure, yeah. I I don't know more more single player, more couch co op. Let's make it happen, guys. Absolutely. Um, this is another. Uh, I am a fan of this game. This question. Mm-hmm. Um, modding support, mod tools. Um, I have you interfaced with the modding community at all? Is that like part of your community management sort of um, routine? Is that modding community and i take this question with a grain of salt because i've been out of the modding loop for a while um yeah i was uh i was a member of the ismc team whenever they were at Mm -hmm. sort of their peak um as far as i understand it that that team has sort of fell by the wayside and moved on um the reasons which i don't really know why um but i I think it had something to do with just the freaking mod tools. Um, is it? And I'm sorry, I'm giving you one hard question for the day. That's okay. Um, yeah. Is do you see uh, from like your perspective um, mod support and mod tools being like a NWI priority, um, or is it sort of like a, a secondary objective? Like, do you see insurgency as like being a game that will ever be um, super moddable or modded to the gills. Um, I know there are other games out there, other tactical shooters that definitely make that sort of like a, a pillar of their sort of um, primary objectives. Is that right. the same for NWI? Uh, I think maybe not as much. I, th- I think that that is that's partially a manpower thing. Like Mm. I think, you know, we're sort of a strange company and I I feel like we're transitioning right now and in some way, like, because we seem, I think for a long time, NWI has seemed bigger than it actually was. Oh yeah, dude. Um, Yeah. I mean the, the quality of like insurgency 2014 and sandstorm, is like incredible, especially for the the size of the team that NWI is or was when I last checked. Mm-hmm. I knew you guys have been growing, but you know, back then it's like, how the hell? Like what the crowning achievement, right? Yeah. But yeah, totally. Um, and so I think, yeah, like more so out of necessity, right? I, um, and I think that that's something that will likely change 
more going forward, possibly with future projects. Um, and as far as inter- interacting with the modding scene, honestly, not as much as I would have liked. Um, I was definitely spread pretty thin because there's a lot going on. Like there's, you know, to step into community management, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of spinning plates and balls in the air, so to speak. And, um, honestly, it was almost too much for one person to do. Um, and so I've sort of had to pick and choose like where I really wanted to focus, um, because I just couldn't, I just didn't, didn't have the bandwidth to be able to physically do all of it. Um, which, which again hurt, hurt my heart a little bit, you know, it's hard to care about something and then admit to yourself that like, I just don't have the hours in a day to, to do it justice. Um, but the good news is, is that we are expanding. Um, we are expanding in our communications department and our coverage should be increasing. Uh, so I hope to, you know, to have more, more man hours to throw at, all of the nooks and crannies that have maybe been not getting the love that they deserve. I mean, dude, I mean, I, I definitely understand the feeling of like, not just not having enough, not being able to wear enough hats in the day to cover everything. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it just, uh, I guess it's a, a good problem to have, right. Is like, there are so many passionate people in the community that want to, help build insurgency uh sandstorm into something greater than it already is um that you just literally yeah. can't speak to them all i mean it, it it sucks obviously but it's a good problem to have yeah. i think yeah i mean um, you you could right yeah, it's just totally. well, it's not gonna happen tomorrow right exactly it's, yeah it takes time yeah. it takes planning to do it right it's not like a snap your fingers done kind of deal yeah that's the, that's the thing right it's like it, it's it's not having not having the the man hours to do a thing to the level that I would want to do it. Yeah. Right. Like, and I don't I don't want to I don't want to step in like wade in and and half ass anything. Right. Um. So unfortunately, that means that some things have just like not not gotten the love that they deserve yet. I will say yet. Mm-hmm. Hell yes. Uh, yeah. Big things are coming. Um. Okay. So. Z is giving me the two-minute warning. We got low battery. Maybe less of a two-minute warning and more like I need to plug the damn laptop in. Um, how much how much battery <laughs> are you at right now? Twenty something. Oh, we'll make it, dude. Um, all right. So uh, I have to ask again, yes. right? Because I'm going. Uh-huh. You know what? I guess I am the weird fan girl at this point. Fuck it. I'll live in this. <laughs> um, what? Are the plans, if you can tell me, for the future of Insurgency Sandstorm? The game's been out nearing four years, and you guys have done an excellent job of continuing to update the game relatively frequently throughout those four years. I mean, new free updates come out every few months for the past couple years now, I feel like. Um, Mm -hmm. Is is that going to continue? Uh, Is there sort of like a a sunsetting phase that has been dreamed up? Are there new projects on the horizon that will take, you know, that development time? Uh, are these questions outside of the purview of myself and my great co-host? You decide. 
yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that I, I can't speak directly to in there, obviously, but uh, I mean, we have a year two planned out. People have paid for year two passes, and so there are more updates coming. Yes. There is, you know, there there's 112 is next. After that will be 113 etc etc very diplomatic answer. Um, oh excellent. yeah there will be there will be new maps there will be new guns um as to when and what i can't speak to that right now um but yeah there's there's no there's no sunsetting plans that i'm aware of at this point so that is fantastic news i mean yeah i still think that insurgency sandstorm has a long way to go um there's so much just amazing i mean the game is already excellent but there's just it's it, there's i love the game it's so uh yeah. it, that's so exciting to know that you know there's still a long way to go and the potential for even something greater is out there um and i think it's i think it's yeah i think it's incredible like stepping into this role and like you said seeing how long you know it's been out for a while now yeah and to see it still supported um by a company of this size and still putting out new content i think is sweet yeah man i know that um there are, you know, we've we've talked about about salty salty stuff, and I think that um, I think there's a lot of valid community complaints at this point. There's some, you know, definite like uh, not great bugs, and there's been periods of not great communication and and other things like that. But it's all stuff that it's all stuff that we're aware of, and we're actively working to better. Um, so yeah. What about you, Logan? What's in your future? Mm-hmm. What's in your crystal ball? Um, I know that, I mean, you are still sort of head over heels for the games industry, but mm-hmm. if you weren't working in the games industry, what would you be doing, my friend? If I wasn't working in the games industry? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. I think ideally, if I wasn't working here, I would be living off doing art. Yes. I think that sweet. would be my doing my thing yeah i see uh here behind you you have a ton of art um that uh may or may not be done by yourself can you tell us about that uh yeah so a lot of the stuff behind me is what is commonly referred to as lowbrow art which just means i have no formal training whatsoever and i just sort of smash my head off it until something comes out (laughs) um and so there's a lot of I, I like pop culture stuff. You know, I'm a I'm a child of of the eighties and nineties and so that's very much in my wheelhouse. A lot of love for like Ghostbusters and classic franchises. I grew up on, you know, He Man and, and Transformers and stuff. So yeah. I like taking a lot of those kind of childhood memories and then just fucking them up real good (laughs) (laughs) a lot of mashups of like behind me there's uh ren and goofy mashed up and then and then next to that is stimpy and mickey mashed up and a lot of like patrick and zoidberg and uh spongebob and bart simpson oh stuff like that i mean it's not it's not the most unique (laughs) stuff people have been doing that for years but it just kind of speaks to my speaks to my soul. Well, there it is, and it's created an incredible backdrop, one that puts ours to shame. Oh, thank you. Um, I might thank need you. to 
because uh, we're we're moving into a new place, and I'm thinking of starting a new sort of pseudo studio space, and uh, right, I want to use your background as potential reference for potential inspiration for the draw call studio. Um, Perfect. My friend, would you be Although, interested in doing commission work for the draw call studio? A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. yes. I'm into That's it. awesome. <laughs> yes. You sort of showed your hand though. Cause nobody can see your backdrop. You missed a golden opportunity to just make to up just whatever you wanted. That yeah, that's true. We're in Universal yeah. Studios right now, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, we're in Studio Six <laughs> yeah, yeah. B. Yeah, recording this podcast. Talk, talk about your talk about your water features. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, you've got there's that. What is that guy back there with a fan? He's fanning <laughs> you guys. Fans, yeah. Is that a yeah. plate plate of peeled grapes? Yeah, yeah. Charlie came in and he's fanning us currently. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fanning you with chicken. Yeah, fanning yeah. us with the wafting chicken smells right now. Um, Actually, yeah. Is that, is that not torture? You guys are sitting there with like the sweet smell of chicken next to you while you have to finish this podcast. It's inspiring me, honestly, to do a really good job. So I don't feel like I have to uh, lengthen it any longer. Um, you know, we have to fill every second with amazing content or else That's we right. have to make the podcast. Content is king. Exactly. Content is king. That's exactly correct. Yeah. Um, Logan. Um, this seems like a natural cutting point. Uh, and because, uh, we are so happy to have you on as a guest. Um, I say this literally every episode, but this might be in the running for our best episode. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Drew? I'll take it. I, honestly, I learned a lot. I feel like, and I, I've said this before on the pod and I've said this to other people a lot, but I really love learning about more niche parts of the gaming industry and I think community management is definitely definitely falls under that umbrella. That is a tough job. Mm. A lot of there's a lot of things that go into it. There's a lot of like unknown factors uh, that people look looking in from from the outside just have no idea about. So I love this episode. I love learning about it. Getting your take on it was super interesting. Um, and just honestly, I feel like I just know more. I'm a, I'm a better game developer because of it. So. Thank you, Logan. That's that's amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me here. That's been a blast, honestly. Uh, maybe you know, maybe next year you bring me back again. Okay, Logan. Hey, I, when you're out here, can I tell you something? You just signed a verbal contract. Yeah, you, first of all, you yeah, just signed right. a verbal contract. Second of all, <laughs> I literally like, I have to like pseudo pressure people into coming back on the show. Like at the, I was literally about to ask you. So, Logan, how did you enjoy your time on the podcast? Would you like to come back as a repeat guest? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I get their oh yeah. I get their verbal sign off because they feel pressured to say yes on right. on you know in audio format, but you just did it for me. Logan. And then you you immediately pass the recording over to legal to start writing <laughs> yeah. up the exactly. Paperwork. Yeah, we'll be sending yeah. over a full contractor agreement in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um Logan, we usually do a hard cut at the end of these episodes, usually because I can't be mm -hmm. fucked to do an outro. But yeah, yeah. I think that we're going to break the streak for your episode. Whoa. Because no this way. is such an important episode to me uh, that Man. I will do an actual outro. You've earned it. Congratulations. <laughs> Folks, this has been the Draw I'm Call Caught. Fucking Christ. I fucked it up. <laughs> Yeah, the draw call podcast. You can tell I've got food on the mind. You this you know, podcast? The, the, the chicken podcast. Yeah, yeah, the chicken. Part. 
Usually I would have I would have hard cut again. If I would have fucked it up right there, I would have hard cut, but I will make it through this shit. Folks, you're listening. Fuck, I fucking fucked it up again. All right, I get one more chance. It's getting better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I think we can we can just cut this whole thing, right? We can just oh, cut. Oh, I will just never. <laughs> I'm not doing that. No, no, That's edits. A, no edits. Leave it in. That's exactly Editing's correct. not in the budget. All right. Yeah, it's not in the budget. Let's try this again. One last time. Everyone, you've listened to the Draw Claw podcast. Uh, please stop fucking me up, dude. <laughs> no. I mean, everyone, like, be quiet so I can make it through the end. <laughs> you've been listening to the Draw Claw podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a follow on your podcast platform of choice uh, and follow us on Twitter at DrawCallPod. Honestly, Thank you very much. I, I didn't like that. Let's do the hard cuts from now on. All right, fuck off, dude. Damn. Yeah, from, the, from the top, you guys? You want to do this from the top or are we good to? Is your guest gone? No, our guest is not gone. I'm, I'm hitting the stop button.